Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Live, the unofficial Claire Live After Show. This is episode 18. I'm your host, Michael, also known as Mike Mixtape, <laughs> also known as MJ, giving you all the call signs for you, baby. Uh, let me introduce you to my esteemed co-host of the night. First up, we've got Wade. Hey, what's up, everybody? He's back, baby. Woo! In the house. My house. And then we got Kaylin. Hello. She's also back. Yes. And last but not least, we got Sarah. Hi. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> uh, we have a great week of Claire Live to go through. Uh, this is for the 10th of June all the way to today the 14th of June, which would be episode 152 through 156. Okay, so to be clear, this week was a little bit better than last week because it wasn't so hot off from Christian's blow-off from a couple of weeks ago. So everything was back normal-ish in a way. Monday show didn't have a lot going on. There was a couple of things to note. Um, a segment on our show, Cody Cuts. I fucking love this. Christian Harloff hits RJ's camera. <laughs> and, and you see it all slanted to like to, to the right, and she's like in the corner, and everything you see the background to the left. I was like, oh my god, Christian. I don't even think he noticed either. He did no. not. No, he didn't, because uh, Cody wrote on the whiteboard, Christian hits Roxy's camera, and it was so funny. But then he did it again on Wednesday. But then he actually knew about that. And he was like looking at the camera, being all goofy with the damn camera. Oh, and on Wednesday it was bad. It was like, I know. She I know. like was she even in frame anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> Christian was trying to fix it, and then uh, they he put it back in the shot. But then like Roxy assumed it wasn't back in position, so she's like, "I'm crooked. I'm crooked," and then like. Cody in post or like during the editing, he he slanted the footage so it's like a Dutch angle, <laughs> so he's all crooked. And then if you look back uh, on Wednesday show, he also did uh, a thing with Christian's video camera. He did like a couple of zooms, like in one corner, the other corner, like different corners of the video. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cody so much. Yeah, there would be there. It wouldn't be quite as entertaining as it is without Cody. That's for sure. Well, that's oh. if you're watching. Because if you're just listening, then you don't see this stuff. Exactly. Which, which is me. I just listened. So, <laughs> but I this still love why, Cody. This is why I mentioned the Cody cuts on this podcast because he needs to be noted with his cuts on the video portion of the podcast. Uh, one of the main things that started at the beginning of the money show was uh, RJ's lingo. Uh, those lingo terms. I'm sorry. I, you're the youngest out of the group, Roxy. But those are nobody uses those. Nobody's going to use those. I'm younger than her, and I knew all of them. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I didn't know a lot of them. I felt very embarrassed as they're saying, that's old. Like... 
we already, you know, <laughs> I, that's that's from two years ago. And but I was crying, laughing as they started making fun of her and like saying yeah, things same. from decades ago. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely entertaining, and well, it was funny because. I've heard everything that she was saying before, but the definitions that she was giving aren't quite the same as I know no. them. So it felt yeah, no. like <laughs> it felt like the new generation taking old school terms and just changing the meaning of them. And I was just I was kind of confused there for a minute. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Does she even know what these things mean, really? I don't think so. She was so I excited she to tell them. them. Yeah. Oh, uh, she just was like so excited to have a news piece to bring in some new information, and they were all just like, "Yeah, we know." And I, it, it just broke my heart a little bit. <laughs> okay, so what are some lingo you've learned way too late, then? Um, I have a couple. I uh didn't know what the term "hella" meant for a long time um you remember when taylor swift came out with a song and she says it in the song um yeah. about a guy having hella good hair i was like she's just making up words now and apparently that was a thing i did not know that the other one that took me forever to figure out it's more of an acronym is uh fomo fear of missing out i was like what <laughs> is this i've I, never and, heard of that yeah, um, I it took me forever. I think I had to finally break down and Google that. And then my husband, the funniest one that I still make fun of him for, is he's forever uh, like shopping on the internet. And, you know, like in Facebook Marketplace and stuff, people put right. stuff for sale. And um, they'll put, he's like, why do people keep putting oboe after things? And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's or best offer. So either the price or best offer. He's oh, like, I oh. didn't know that. Yeah. And, but oh my God. He should have known that because he's the one that does all the shopping, like on eBay and on Facebook and all of that. So he should have known that. So all that time, he had no idea that some of these people were willing to take like a lower price for things. <laughs> but those were the ones that came to mind for me. Aside from that, I just avoid uh, modern lingo. I can't I don't. think of any. <laughs> Yeah, I don't use new lingo, so... Well, I don't use any of this. I just learned what it meant so I could function in the world a little bit. I I mean, I, I, know, I, mean, I know lingo, but I just, I just don't care. I, I just, really care. I just am stuck in the 90s, man, so... Everything I use is pretty much from, like, mid-90s, early-ish mid-90s to, like, maybe 2002 at the latest... And I just stick with that shit, man. Like, you know, I don't know about it, about it, shit like that. I, I still throw that shit out sometimes. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about it? And I'm like, Master P, dude. And then they're really like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, nope, no idea what you're talking about. Are I'm you lost. for real? I'm you, so you, lost. you don't know who Master P was? Mm. Well, still is. He's, But, I mean, he was an old rapper, like, uh... He started a big rap label called No Limit Records and shit and uh, uh, had a bunch of new guys. They were from New Orleans and shit. And uh, 
what but one thing he'd always say is you know about it about it like which means i'm like i'm down for whatever like you want to go to the store dude i'm about it about it and just like shit like that i mean i was like 16 17 when that when that came out but that's one thing that i said a, a couple days ago and somebody's like what and i'm like yeah that's old you should tweet that to Roxy and see if she starts using it and thinks it's new lingo. Bout it, bout it. Dude, I'm going to. Hell yeah, man. Good idea. I'm going to. <laughs> oh, the best things happen on the show. <laughs> the uh, There's there's a lot of things I talk about throughout this whole week, and we just chose this like, number of topics. So one of the topics that popped out to me for the Monday show was about Keanu Reeves, actually, because he's having a great fucking year. <laughs> he's been in, like, several movies this year. He's going to be in a video game. So I just want to ask, is anybody else having a great year besides Keanu Reeves? I tried to answer that question, and I could not come up with anyone. I even perused the internet looking, mm. you know, trying to uh, just, you know, think up something uh i think part of the problem is so much stuff has just sort of been a flop at the box office this mm. year so he's just an anomaly he is just in a groove because he's got like what like he's in like three four films and he's like i said a video game coming out it's like jesus christ dude <laughs> no i i I'm th i was thinking back and i was like there's there's several like you could say like, Tom Holland in a way because he's he's in game he's gonna have his own movie that's out this year as well but I think and he's also yep, that was mine <laughs> so that's all I was thinking is like I mean that's two compared to like what six to Keanu Reeves mm. I mean but still I mean if you have two or more projects in the same year that's a good year for actor actress oh and I don't think anyone's feeling sorry for Tom Holland right now for sure no. like no. no. Dude, think about the state of what we're talking about here. Because I agree with you guys as far as Keanu Reeves, you know, like, can't nobody touch him this year. But think, really stop and think about that for a minute. This is the year of Keanu Reeves. I mean, dude, when I grew, I grew up with this cat, man, fucking, mm -hmm. you know, um, Parenthood, oh my gosh! Of, I mean, other than Bill and Ted, everybody knows that knows right. that. But Parenthood, just I mean, all this shit, and he is one of the goofiest motherfuckers out there. And and and, and we're sitting here talking about how red fucking hot he was this year, man. Dude, strange times are happening, guys. But you're right. You're right. Nobody can touch him, dude. He's he's rocking it this year. And I'm mind blown, dude. I'm like, but okay, before this year, and I heard about all this Bill and Ted uh, part three or whatever shit that they're doing. I'm like, dude, no. It, I, there's absolutely no dude. Spielberg couldn't make this shit good, and and now it's like, dude, a, a chimpanzee could make this shit good as long as Keanu Reeves is in it. <laughs> like I want to see now. I want to see Bill and Ted three, and that shit is mind-boggling right there, dude. That that he is he's brought it to this level, 
it, nothing against the guy personally or anything, but his acting is not the best, dude. But he has found his spot, dude, and he is rocking it like nobody else. Strings things are afoot at the Circle K. Sorry, man, but yeah, I just... Uh, that blows my mind, dude. I never would have imagined this guy would have grown up to do this shit that he's doing now. It's insane. And he never ages. I mean, before him, now, it was, uh, it was, uh, Uncle Jesse. Oh, what's his knuckle? Uh, John Stamos. Yeah, that guy. Of course the ladies know his name. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But now right. it's like, dude, Keanu Reeves is looking crazy, dude crazy good for his age but i'm gonna get and now i'm amazed that i've gone on and on about how kick-ass keanu reeves is it's yep. just crazy it is and last thing about the money show is that they brought back seth green and he brought with brecken meyer for an interview and that interview was top-notch yeah it was quality great. good infor quality good information from them I had a um, slow realization as I'm watching this interview. I'm like, I, I know who Seth Green is, but the other guy, I'm like, he looks familiar. And I'm like, why does he look familiar? And then they keep talking, talking. And I'm like, oh my God, he is the guy from Clueless. And it, it like dawned on me as they're talking and I'm like, he's from Clueless. I totally did not. I don't know who he is. I don't know why I don't know who he is. But it uh, that was a great interview. They were fabulous. Mm -hmm. And they were making fun of Roxy mm -hmm. right along with everyone else. Because apparently if you swallow gum, you're going to grow a tree in your stomach. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and they could have just, I mean, they fit right in. Like they could have just rolled with them. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, top highlight for that. It's a, it's a good way to start off the week, actually. It was. It was like. I was like, wow, that's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, so we roll into the Tuesday show. And uh, let's get this out of the way. Uh, they, of course, like I said, they talk about various things and we pick and choose. So one of the things I popped out with was there was a flood in a mall. And the band starts playing Titanic music. And Kaylin has a story related to that. And we're kind of oh. curious to know. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this. So um, I had a, a, an unnatural obsession with the movie Titanic <laughs> um, from a young age. And I mean, I was, I was young whenever it came. I didn't see it in theaters, but it came out on VHS. My friend's brother rented it probably to see Kate Winslet's boobs. And we ended up watching it. I watched it several times before my parents ever saw it. And I'm like, we've got to watch this movie. So I was obsessed with it. Well, then come sixth grade, I'm taking music lessons with this other girl and the, the, the band or music instructor would always let us both pick a warm up song. And every single week I made that girl, that poor girl play uh, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> and she just looked more and more miserable every week because she would pick something different every time, something easy, something from our book. And I'm just like, no. This is what we are playing. So I played that song to death on the clarinet. And uh, now I can't hardly stand that song because I listened to, not just to the song, but to myself playing it so much. 
were you ever on a on a sinking ship or at a mall that was flooding when you played it? Um, no, luckily neither of those things have happened to me um, in my life, which is is good. Um, but I, yeah, I've played that song too many times. So I want to mention this. I don't know if you guys want to talk about this, but on the Tuesday show they had an interview, and it was with the kid actor named. Gabrielle Bateman, who's playing Andy in the upcoming Child's Play movie. And I was watching this interview and I was like, this damn kid is like, like, like they're complimenting him for his, like his words, his grammar. Like it was like adult words he was using. And he was like, so cool talking about his family acting and you know, everything else. And I was like, what the hell? This 14 year old is amazing. Did you guys watch the interview? Yes. Well, that's what I meant to say. Listen, what what you missed, Sarah, was the fact that I had to not watch the screen listening to that interview because the whole mm-hmm. time he he was in a rolly chair, so he he was in a spinning oh, chair, yeah. so he yeah. kept like spinning back and forth like a kid would yep. do, and so oh. I was like, I can't watch this. I'm going to get nauseated just watching him do this. But yeah, um, he it, it kind of wigged me out how uh, mature he sounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, shouldn't you be like saying, yeah, it's really fun being an actor and I get to do cool stuff and, you know, that's it. But no, he was like going in depth about it. Yeah, very mature for a kid who's getting homeschooled with, yeah. uh, with a big family with other <laughs> brothers and sisters, you know. Mm. Oh man, that was that was a bit like nine others. Like, gee, I was like, my God, how many kids does this family has? And the oldest is thirty. <laughs> I was like, and Whoa. he's the youngest, right? He's yeah. Like, yeah, he's the youngest. Like, yeah, I was like, I would have been his like older brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that maturity comes in mm. on his part, and that sounding so adult and well spoken and shit. And. If you do that math, though, that's only about 15, 16 years. So his uh, mother averaged more than one child a year. So God bless that woman. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, I that's what I was thinking. Or anything, he did That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, well, I, I guess, did he, I don't know if he ever said they're all like full-blooded siblings or not. Yeah, it sounds like they were. So, it sounds but, like it to me. All I could think was, God bless his mother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe like twins or triplets or something. Oh, that's you'd hope so. Better. That is I know, not I'm better. I'm not saying that's better. I'm just saying. Better for uh, who? I guess not. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't imagine having that many brothers and sisters, let alone being the parents of that many kids, that'd just be complete insanity. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to see uh, Gabrielle here grow into a, a leading actor of some sort in the future if he continues on with his films and television roles. Um, yeah. his, his sister, he keeps mentioning, who is also an actress, I think, I remember correctly, her name is Tabitha Bateman. I don't know, I need to look that up. I don't know what she's been in. But I guess back and forth, it's kind of cool how they are like reading lines with each other and, you know, being brother and sister that way. I love oh, that. Yeah. 
there's a lot of color questions that we pulled from this week because they actually had really good questions and we're actually going to answer them on this show. So there was a color question from the Tuesday show and it was what movie did you like with the concept of but it wasn't well executed and you would love a remake of? The main one that came to mind for me was... No, never mind. I don't have any. I, I, I was thinking of. Uh, I was. I was thinking. I was. You know, sort of uh, marrying in all these questions and coming up with answers. And that's one I don't have an answer for. Oh, <laughs> so never mind. I, I was thinking about the wrong questions. Oh boy. I know. Oh. That was a terrible setup. I apologize. I, I was yeah. on the edge of my seat. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Very, very anticlimactic. I apologize. <laughs> um, you have no, anything, the- Sarah, that'll put me on the edge of my seat? I do. I have a few. So okay. Um, one is Alita: Battle Angel. I kind of liked the concept. I did not like the movie. I felt like the movie it was a mess, and I didn't understand what was going on the whole time. And I just feel like it would have been better if I understood, like, the concept and the story was more thought out and had time to, like, breathe and didn't feel like they were setting up multiple sequels. Um, Another one for me, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and I'm very disappointed by the Fantastic Beast franchise, Uh, especially the latest one. I feel like there was a lot of... I'm getting some agreement. (laughs) I feel Mm -hmm. like there was a lot of, like, good ideas that she's like trying to do but just that and some really bad ideas the execution of it and her script is just a mess and i would love for them to kind of fix that franchise before we go any farther because right now i just feel like it's a mess like no harry potter fans really like it and i don't think the casual audience really likes it so i would love for them to fix that and um we're kind of getting a fixing for this last one, but uh, the Avatar, The Last Airbender, my husband made me watch the TV show, and I fell in love with the cartoon TV show, and we're getting the live-action TV show of it, but the movie, he made me also watch the movie, because I refused to watch it, <laughs> and um, it's truly awful, like everyone says, but we are kind, we are getting a fixing of that, and I hope that it's good and isn't terrible. That's good. That's Those good. I yeah, that was really good. Good ones. Like the caller actually said about like in time, which is a very much yeah. with Justin Timberlake. That was a good concept because it was an interesting take on um because everyone lives at twenty five and then you get like a timer on your arm and you you can exchange time as currency. Like time is as, as currency. You That's do like really one cool. minute, one second, or an hour. To, it was like so cool, but they just like the execution of that was just so. Damn it, I want more like movies with that concept because time is just so relevant in uh in time travel, but with like time as a currency with you know exchanging life time, it's like whoa. Whoa man, yeah. whoa. <laughs> whoa man, green man. <laughs> um actually though, man, I it's weird that my answer to this question is 
kind of contradictory. Well, not contradictory, but Keanu Reeves had a hot year this year. Uh-huh. But, man, I have to say all three of the Matrix movies. And I just, I was bored as fuck. And I've seen the first one maybe three times in my life before this past week. And I watched it again. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. I have no real issues with it. But if you're going to remake the two and three, you got to remake the first one. But then I watched part two. And it was probably the second time I've seen that one. And then the third one, it was the first time. And I, halfway through part two, I was completely lost. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. And then I watched the third one. And, dude, I watched, what, two and a half, three hours or some shit. I don't know what the fuck happened, man. That I don't under I don't understand a damn thing that happened in part three. I don't understand that shit, and but I really like the idea. Like I understand the concept of the Matrix and real life and the Matrix. I, I understand all that, but just they. I don't know that it was just I kept getting lost, dude. But I really like the concept of that, and I would like to see it done in a way that I can understand. And maybe that's selfish of me, but that's just how I feel. Keanu Reeves still had a badass year this year, though. And it's oh, only yeah. half over. Not even half over. Exactly. I I can understand that. I mean, The Matrix has a very compelling c- concept. And God, could you imagine The Matrix with Will Smith? Man, I was thinking about that while I was watching it, and I just, because, man, I wonder if Will Smith had done the first one, I don't, maybe it's just me that I just personally don't understand the movies. I don't think so. I don't know, but maybe if Will Smith had done it, maybe he could have been like, hey, guys. I don't understand these movies, so can we do part two and three in a way that's more understandable for me and other people, too? <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, there was, like, rumors of them doing, like, a very much a rumor, because I think I remember they were talking about us on Collider Live a while ago. There was, like, a rumor of The Matrix being, like, rebooted or a remake and they and there was like oh was it like Michael B Jordan as Neo or something i remember as a casting choice for that and i was like hmm. i mean it it's only been I see 20, that. it's only been 20 years since the matrix so it's just like it could be possible you can make a new movie out of it you could just make another new movie that's like a spin-off but a continuation from it at least like what many yeah. like internationals are doing right now uh, so, yeah, because yeah. I mean, how how far technology has advanced and shit in the last twenty years, you know, they could keep all of the old school shit as canon, and then just refer to bits of that to demonstrate the the changes in advancements from then to now and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude, solid shit. Very solid shit for sure. And we go on to Wednesday show and. Uh... Wade and Sarah, are you ready to talk about the Bachelor lot? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Bachelorette! Woo, baby! Come on, sir, give me another woo! completely kidding let's get into this go ahead and get okay. us started okay so this week on the bachelorette um there is just a lot of drama with the same old person luke p who Roham luke <laughs> a lot of people just don't like they think he's very toxic and manipulative and a sociopath and a pathological liar um all the things all terrible things which I don't know if he is in real life because it's a TV show, but the editing is definitely not helping his case, and <laughs> he's really not helping his case. So the the really important thing about this week is that he got to go on a one on one date with our bachelorette Hannah, um, which all the guys are super pissed off about. And while they're on the date, Hannah's just trying to have a normal conversation with him because you kind of realize that they never really had a normal conversation because he's always just like, you're great. I'm always going to be there for you. I'm always going to win your heart and just saying all this stuff. So she's like, just trying to talk to him about anything. Like ask him if he likes spaghetti or macaroni and cheese better, which he does not answer the question. Oh, I'm still hanging. I'm still hanging <laughs> from a thread, dude. I, uh, what the fuck? I should tweet at him. Which one do you like more? <laughs> she's just asking him like, Tell me about your day. Tell me about your dad. Tell me all these things. I know nothing about you. And they've been together for probably about a month at this point. With I mean, for like five minutes a day. But they haven't had any like deep conversations. So she's starting to get really pissed off. And he's just not... No, that is just looking he, like a deer in the headlights. I time. was just about to say the exact I, same words: a deer he in the headlights. Has this like glossy look over his eyes, and he always has like the puppy dog face. Like he doesn't under, he's like nodding his head to everything she's saying, doesn't understand what she's saying, and it's like it's frustrating. I feel I really feel for her because I don't. For, I I do because she really she keeps saying that she like really likes him. But she's angry at herself because she doesn't. What is there to like? She don't even know if he likes mac and cheese over spaghetti. You're right. Throw him out. I mean, well, I mean, she's trying so hard, and I mean, dude, bless her heart, she was trying so hard, and it's like this dude. I, I don't know, man. You know what I wanted to see? I wanted to see the fucking Dementor just. Suck, <laughs> not not his soul, but answers. Like Dance. suck Jeez. answers out of him. Like 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 fucking just suck the words out of his mouth. Like speak, dude, speak sense, man. And it was just unreal. But I don't feel for her at all. She she's sitting there bitching to the camera, like like in the little like by herself. Like he's just pissing me off and. I just can't get through to him. I can't do this anymore. But she's still sitting there like, I really like you. But she doesn't yeah. even know him. And, yeah. and oh. Well, that's girls sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And guys can be the same way oh, that, yeah. I mean, for sure. So. I mean, I know, like, for myself, like, 
I know there's plenty of girls out there. There's always that one guy that you look back and you're like, why was I obsessed with him? Like he wasn't healthy for me. Like you get, so I sympathize with her in that sense, but I want, I'm also yelling at my screen saying like, just dump him, just dump him. He's lying to you. We can see that he's lying to you, which I guess is the entertainment factor, but I don't know. It's getting to the point now that it just, I don't even know if it's entertaining anymore because it's just like, this is not healthy for either of them. Like, this is not a good situation. Yeah, and then they show the the thing, the preview for next week, and it looks like he's still around. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, he's still around. But I, I just, I just, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, that's how I feel. I just, yep. yeah. Welcome it, to and the it's, show. Oh, man. It, it, it's, it, I don't know what's more disturbing to me personally, the fact that I don't, that, that this show is so infuriating or the fact that I'm getting into it. Yep. Uh, it's terrible, but it, it just, it, but all right, there's something else happened and maybe this, cause I've never watched this shit until like three weeks ago or whatever. <laughs> I really started watching it. So Maybe this is completely normal, okay? But if you, well, not you personally, but just females in general, and maybe it's where I live or something, but if, and, this, and Kaylin, you can chime in on this one too. If you're, if a female makes out with like three dudes within like, like a few hours, like all getting on a pool table, getting on a bed, pinning the dude down on a chair. Like, is that, is that normally acceptable or would people frown upon that and think that that girl is a little easy? Yes. Okay. Then why is it acceptable for this fucking broad to do that shit? And, 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 like, everybody, like, it's, like, so nonchalant and normal. Like, like uh, I just don't understand. I'm like, dude, you're making out with, like, four dudes in three or four hours or whatever, and you, like, think that's not slutty? I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it, man. It's just I'm, how, like, it's how the TV show is. So that's normal? I mean, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make it right. I, there's, when you get down to the final three, they all go to fantasy suites and where they're able to what? have sex. With, yeah, she's it able gets to have worse? Sex with, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have oh sex my gosh. on this show? <laughs> <laughs> they, so the Bachelor the Bachelorette, when they get to the final three, they each spend a night with whoever the people left are individually. What? And they are able to decide off camera if they want to spend that time having sex or doing other intimate things or stuff like that's why for our bachelor last season was a virgin. So that was the whole thing about the show was, was he going to lose his virginity in the fantasy suites? So yeah, it gets worse, (laughs) I guess. Do they reveal what they did? No, 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 no. Dude, if my niece ever went on this fucking show, I would just, I, 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 I don't know I what mean, I like, would do. <laughs> one, one has, like, years ago, but it was a whole, like, controversy thing, but they won't normally come out and say it. They'll just kind of say, like, oh, we spent the night, like, cuddling, but they won't come out and say, like, yeah, we had sex. <laughs> like, that's not okay. But it's oh, implied. Oh. Okay, well, now I'm really afraid to ask. 
Oh. Um, Christian brought up Bachelor in Paradise. What is that? <laughs> okay. So I actually just started watching Bachelor in Paradise last season, but Bachelor in Paradise, um, it takes place in the summer. It's all the past, well, a bunch of past contestants from Bachelor and Bachelorette that didn't get chosen or didn't make it that far or whatever. They all go to Mexico for about four weeks. Uh, they're stranded on this beach with each other and they're able to go on dates with one another. And there's uh, rose ceremonies, like kind of like Survivor, like we were saying, where one week the boys will give their rose to a girl and who, whatever girls are left, they'll go home and then vice versa. And throughout the however many episodes, more people will come as more people are leaving. So there's just more opportunities for people to like hook up with each other. And they people don't really hook up. I guess they kind of do, but more like forming relationships. It's for all the re rejected, I guess, like <laughs> contestants to like meet each other and become friends or find someone. Um, that's how Ashley and Jarrett actually met, and they, oh, went, right they they went on their first date, I believe, together there, and then they start dating other people. Uh, and at the end of it, they can either choose to get engaged or commit to each other in some other way and if the couples don't feel like they're ready for that then they'll just leave and like break up or whatever so it's it's more of like a typical kind of one of those typical like dating reality shows i guess like are you the one or like something like that where they're all stranded on the beach together but it's just what bachelor and bachelorette contestants and it's it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, that sounds pretty insane. <laughs> it's fun. I, like, I actually like it a lot more than The Bachelor and Bachelorette because it's just all your, like, you get to know the people better because you're seeing them for a lot longer, and it's, like, just all the contestants that you didn't really get to know, they'll all be on there, and it's it's a lot of fun. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so we'll be watching that this summer. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but that was pretty much it for The Bachelor this week. So I have a question though. Every year, is there a bachelor, a bachelorette, and a bachelor in paradise season? Yes. Oh wow! So it's yeah. like year-round oh. bachelor. It's so bachelor starts in January, and it's usually someone from the bachelorette the season before. Are always continuous going to have people, and then bachelorette will start oh, no. right after the bat, like a month after the bachelor or a couple months. And it's so Hannah was actually on the bachelor season, didn't make it that far, but got chosen as the bachelorette. So then next, and then they right after bachelorette, it was going to be bachelor in paradise. Then you have a break, which starts in August. Then you have a break until January, and then the cycle starts all over again. And, and oh, wow. And yeah. we know in January it's gonna be fucking Luke P. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't think they do that? Absolutely not. They've gotten you, so much feedback and hate. About really? But maybe that's that. why they do it. He'll probably be on Bachelor in Paradise for sure, but he's not gonna be the Bachelor. What the about bachelor? Mike? If she doesn't pick Mike, what about that's, him? He's very charismatic. I want, I want, I want Mike to be the Bachelor. He'll be the first. Uh, Black Bachelor, which is really sad to say, after like 25 of them or 30 yeah. of them. Um, but he's he's awesome. He's great. That would be. It's usually the runner up or the top four or five. 
Um, sometimes. Dude, Mike but, can call me if 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 things don't work <laughs> out and he doesn't end up doing Bachelor. Like he, give me a ring, brother. Fucking, we can kick it and shit, man. Fucking, you know, I'll, dude, I'll hold his hand and skip down the beach and shit. That's cool. That's cool. He's he's a dude. He's tall. He he's he's dark and handsome, and dude's charismatic, man. And I'm sure he, he a would great be, smile, a great dude smile. for real, man. And 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 even after they ate that intestine, he was still smiling. <laughs> what is going on on this show? They went to Scotland <laughs> and they ate a uh, haggis. Oh. Yeah, some some English guys like have you? What is it called again? Haggis. Haggis. Yeah. He's like, have you had the haggis? And they're like, no. And he's like, you should try it. And then they order it, and they're like. And you could tell she was faking it, and she's like, yeah. "It's it's good, you know." And, and and he goes, the the Englishman goes, "You know what it was?" And they're like, "No." And he's like, "Go, was it goat intestine?" I think so. He's like, "You know, it's goat intestine, something, something else." And and uh, he ends it's up the going, "I'm and then like the ghost goat intestine." It's like yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm English. I don't eat that." <laughs> and it was just like you fuck it, it, you knew it was all a setup but I loved it it was so good but he that line I'm English I don't eat that I'm just like yeah that sounds about right <laughs> that now is Mike's hard. like so we're back to reality here <laughs> back to life tune in next week for more Bachelorette talk <laughs> exactly um <laughs> Let's uh, get into the, like I said, we had some great caller questions this week. The uh, Wednesday show, there was two, two of them that stuck out. Uh, one of them, will, I'll do it right now with you guys. Uh, what are our favorite guests on the show just thus far on Collider Live? On Collider Live, what was the favorite guest they had? Well, so far, I, of course, loved Seth Green and Breckett Meyer. That was great. Um, but I also really loved Matthew Lillard when he was there. I was trying to go through all of the the guests, and I also am partial to the movie um, Summer Catch because it came on ABC Family like 3,000 times every summer, and so I've seen it a lot. So I adore him anyway. So I was just excited to see him. And he was like so into it. Like that he was like, can I come back here? So that was great. I couldn't think. Uh, I was just trying to think off the top of my head. I couldn't think of any others that I loved. But I'm sure y'all are going to name some. And I'm going to remember. Um, I also had Matthew Lillard. Uh, I love him in the Scooby-Doo movies. And I was really upset <laughs> today to like talk about it. But <laughs> um. He was he was great. Um, I also have Liam Liam Cunningham. <gasps> yes, I oh, want him to come back night. all the time. <laughs> yes, How did I forget him? <laughs> he was great. Um, and then I have like I really like Joe Carnahan's interview. Um, some earlier ones like I like Ron Perlman's was great. <laughs> and huge harry potter fan i loved uh the jason isaacs and india isley i think her name was yeah um i just i like him in like all his stuff so i thought that was great and that's one i forgot about until i went back and tried to do some research as well and i was like oh yeah i forgot about him yeah uh, the one that the one that i that stuck out for me um that i was really disappointed that the show was ending was uh yada martinez 
She was mm. just fucking great, man. Um, I find that anytime there's a guest on that already knows Christian is better anyway for me. But she was just so fucking funny, man. I just, I don't know. I really liked that. And I was, that was the, that's the only interview they've done or guest they've had on that um, I was disappointed when it was over. Yeah. Mine, however, is uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Want a cookie? <laughs> Said yes. I, Van Damme is like one of my favorite actors and I just loved his interview with the guys. And it was just like, <laughs> that was like so infamous within the Collider Live because it's like his answers were like so philosophical in a way <laughs> it was like such a wise man it was just like dude this is the best interview ever it was a mess but it was entertaining to listen it to was so. entertaining it was an entertaining mess but i love it that's that's who he is as a person oh i loved van damme oh um another recent ish one a recent interview guest appearance was um mary mauser from uh cobra kai oh. she was pre- pretty cool Yep. And I will say the Ralph Malshu interview that they had this week was also oh, yeah. good, which we'll yeah. talk about in a bit. Um, so they had they, they get such good guests on the show. So that was a really good question they asked them for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump back to another topic, which uh, for the Wednesday show, it was referring to the, the topic came up where they were talking about uh, R- Rami Malik, who is from... Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, who was who's gonna appear in Rocket Man, which would have been really cool actually. I have like a cinematic yeah. universe with like biopics with like Queen and Elton John and everything else. But then uh, it came up with Rocket Man, and Sarah, of course, was just so like blown out because Josh and uh, Roxy didn't know didn't know it was out, and yeah, <laughs> nobody's talking heck? about it. Okay, so. Um... Well, I I don't really like the idea of him appearing in Rocket Man. Uh, I don't know. Like I was just like, oh, that's that's okay. But um, I love Elton John's music, and I absolutely love this movie. And I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody as well. But I'm just kind of I'm a little like disappointed that I'm not seeing like the excitement and the buzz around this that I or I guess controversy that I saw around like Bohemian Rhapsody. Just right. because, like, I feel like Taron Egerton's performance as Elton John is just as good or better than Rami Malek's. And I know it's early for, like, Oscar buzz or whatever, but I don't see people even talking about that or saying how good his performance was. Like, he actually sang the songs in this movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie is, like, a full-on musical and biopic, like, weirdness, which I I guess a lot of people... I knew instantly, like, when we got done, like, people probably won't connect to it as much as Bohemian Rhapsody just because it is magical and weird and fantastical and it's not straightforward like Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's still, like, the movie itself, I think, is a feat in itself that I'm just surprised that Collider or Screen Junkies, like, no one's talking at all about this movie and that just makes me really sad because i just think it's great it came and went like it was so yeah. weird like like i remember like there was like murmurs like christian said oh i've seen Rocketman," and then later on um i think this week in general i think darina even said i saw Rocketman too but that's yeah. it they, they that's don't it. talk about 
in full detail. I'm like, it, it, what? <laughs> Did anyone else see it, or am I all alone? <laughs> you are all alone, because I have oh, not seen it. Nope. It's, it's yeah, really I'm not either, but I want to. Yeah, I, I want mean, to so bad. If you guys, like, aren't in, like, I'm a huge musical theater person, like, Broadway person, so for me, like, I just loved it, because it just feels very Broadway musical in a sense, but I wouldn't let that, I mean, if you're not into it, like, still go and see it. I don't think it's strictly, I don't know, like, I wouldn't let that shy people away from going and see it because it's still fun you can still people in the theater were jamming out to all the songs like it was still oh yeah as much fun as Bohemian right. Rhapsody with jamming out and singing and the performances are great and amazing well you definitely sold me if I wasn't already yes go see it <laughs> <laughs> people go see Rocket Man before go it's out of the it. theater I'll tell go. everyone go see it <laughs> campaign for rocket man get that thing promoted because that's yeah it's like it's such a sleeper hit it's just like nobody's talking about it but yet people love it still yeah oh, i hate when those movies happen it's like come and gone just like that uh the last color question that i picked up from that show was actually pretty interesting because lately there's been like uh concert events where they would have the movie with the orchestrated, with the conductor, you know, and the composer. So the question was, what movie do you want to see scored live? Uh, my answer actually is Jaws. Uh, <laughs> it, for real, it's a, it's a great it's it has a great fucking score, man. It's uh, it it's just intense and it builds and builds and builds and just a great score. I love it. Uh, Jaws, I would love to see that scored live. Before we continue on answering this question, I do want to interject here, because if you remember a couple weeks ago, we've had a friendly bet on here about watching movies, and it was Kaylin watching Jaws and Wade watching Lion King, and they have yet to do it. They have said they have not watched it, so <laughs> that, that is still on the bet here. Or maybe next week we'll hear them talk about it. So I just want to say that right now for your listeners who were paying attention a couple weeks ago. Um, for me, I will, since I'm here, I will say, God, I'm, it's such a cheap answer, but I just love Back to the Future. Like, El Silvestri's score is amazing. I want to see him actually do the score live, you know, as the movie goes on. It is such a great score. Uh, uh, so, it, like, or maybe, like, The Prince's Bride. That's another good movie I want to see scored live. That's a great fantasy element score that I really would love to hear live. Um, I think one that would be super creepy to have scored live, I guess it would be considered a score. Um, the original, uh, The Omen. Hmm. Oh, With okay. all the creepy, I mean, they're also like chanting weird oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 and to have yeah, someone yeah. chanting yeah. like live there, oh. I think that would be super, oh, yeah. super creepy. You have, like, a um, whole choir in the back just, like, doing the whole thing. Yeah, I don't even know what they're saying. I don't think they're speaking English, but it's that is super creepy. And I would love, my favorite soundtrack is actually the soundtrack to Man of Steel. So I think that one would be great. Well, I mean, that's Hans Zimmer, so, I mean, he. I don't think he could be bad live. <laughs> so I think that one would be amazing to see scored live. Yeah, I would love to see uh, Hans Zimmer. Like, Christian keeps saying, go see him. 
Um, anything he does is amazing. Uh, but like I said earlier, huge Harry Potter fan. I want to see the first Harry Potter uh, scored by John Williams. That would be a, a true, <laughs> true fan moment. Um, and Lord of the Rings as well. I just think that'd be so great because the music's so pretty. And I just think that'd be so much fun. And Inception, talking about Hans Zimmer. I just, I love the, the like eeriness to that uh, theme and score. And which right. Harry Potter came out before the, uh, oh shit. With the last, the last two, were they the Deathly Hollows part one and two? Yes. Yes. All right. What was the one before that? Half Blood uh, Prince. Yeah. Do you recall what year that came out? Um, uh, um, hang on, give me a second. Uh, I have the no. DVD sitting in front of my face. Right. Can I guess 2009? <laughs> um, actually, uh, I think that's right. Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Slow down. We really stays. Well, I was just, I, it, it, when you're talking about Harry Potter, I love Harry Potter too, but. Uh, it was Half Blood Prince when that movie came out. My friends and I, uh, we found a babysitter for their kids so that we could go to watch that movie in the theater. Mm. Uh. Also, great score. Not John Williams, but those movies also have great scores, the later mm -hmm. ones. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But damn it, I just got to say something. Because no one ever... No one ever says anything. Okay, when, dude, my friends and I, okay, Harry Potter, they have kids. Kids, Harry Potter. My friends and I got a babysitter to babysit their kids so that we adults could go see Harry Potter in the theater. And no one ever acknowledges that whatsoever. What? And you guys didn't either. What? Uh well, first of all, people would take uh, their kids well, to go see it. Wait, no, that's wait. too scary for children. Ooh, I don't know about that. Those later ones get scary yeah. and dark. Are and you serious? How old yeah. are the kids? Yeah, I was thinking oh, like, like, uh, like, oh, probably eight, seven and eight. I would introduce them to the first one at like seven or eight. Yeah, those movies Maybe. are rough. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't think they are, but I, I mean, my God, my cousin's little girl freaked out over the Little Mermaid because Ursula got huge and scary. Oh, like, I hated Little Mermaid when I was little scary. <laughs> but it's okay. But but there's nothing wrong with Bambi where they kill the, the thing's mom. Oh, no, there's nothing wrong with Dumbo. There's I nothing wrong with Dumbo. all of these movies. Okay, that's just fine. Let's traumatize kids for the rest of their lives over that shit because it's Disney and, and it's animated and they sing songs about running through the forest. And, I couldn't watch Harry Potter as a child. But no Harry Potter, huh? Craft, so... <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, anyway, I, hey man, I saw RoboCop when I was like five, so I don't know. Oh, Jesus Christ, that explains everything. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, uh, on to the Thursday show. Uh, there was a lot of dis uh, topics-wise, because uh, it's worth talking about. Uh, 
since uh, we're talking about this, that, and the other, let's just get into Barry because they got that early on on the Thursday show talking about Barry and how Christian's wife did not like Barry. And that led into the discussion about the female demographic watching Barry and Sarah. She could sing praise all about it. So why don't you do that yes, for us, Sarah? I um, so I, I don't know. I guess I took a little issue with Roka saying like, oh, uh, I don't know exactly how he said it, but I took it as, oh, females don't like this show. Um, mainly just because like of all the heavy topics and then saying that Christian's wife will like the second season because it focuses more on the main character, the main female character, Sally, which I actually hate <laughs> the main female character. So I just kind of feel like, I mean, I tried to get my husband to watch the show and he was not really into it. So I don't know if I'm just the odd woman now or if the show can reach more. I think it could reach more than just a male demographic. It's just fun and entertaining. I'm also a huge fan of Bill Hader. So I think that's why I really like the show a lot more than, I guess, the casual female. And I I watched the pilot. I watched the very first episode and I really liked it. And so what I typically do when I really like something that I think my husband will like is I stop so we can Mm. watch it together. And we just haven't gone like we haven't made our way to that yet um it did take me a few episodes to get into it though like i i watched the first episode did the same thing stopped and then just binged it all like months later (laughs) yeah and i mean i want to get to it it seemed interesting i just didn't want to watch it without him because it seemed like something that he'd like too and um but i don't know i feel like a, a i think one of the problems is it sounds like just from the way they talk about their wives, I think Josh's wife and Christian's wife maybe have very similar tastes. Yeah. So I don't think they're getting a wide variety of the female demographic there. <laughs> and I mean, your sample size is two. That is a yeah. terrible, like that is statistically unreliable. <laughs> um, and so it's, I don't know. And I, I don't feel like, I mean, I loved Dexter. Well, I love the beginning of Dexter. Um, You know, I love all these shows with heavy, deep, crazy things going on in them, too. As much as my husband does, sometimes more. Sometimes he gets fed up with it before I do. So I definitely don't think it's a female thing. Um, Part of it could be an HBO thing, only because lots of people, if they had HBO, it was like to watch Game of Thrones. Yep. And then... It's gone. Like, they're done now. I know so many people who've canceled HBO at this point because, wow. you know, it's gone. So, I did. Yeah. Really? Oh, yep. There's such good stuff on HBO. I, I never run out of stuff to watch on HBO. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I really, I, I, I started watching Barry. I've only seen the first episode, and it took me about 10 minutes to to realize, to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I get it, dude. This I like it. But I just haven't watched any more yet. But I definitely do intend on watching more. Yeah, I have not seen Barry yet. I might look into it in the future. So It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, definitely next... Bill Hader in a completely different element than you've oh, seen him yeah. before. It, it, was re- right. it was really interesting. Right. Um more topics they talked about on Thursday. Let's talk about so with 
Denis Villeneuve's Dune coming out next year. There's a TV series coming as well on Warner Media's upcoming streaming service called Dune the Sisterhood. And actually, the show will be a prequel to the movie. So, and D. D. Villeneuve is going to direct and produce the uh, uh, produce a series pilot for that. So, uh, the question I wanted to ask about this because is this actually pretty cool? Because this is a rarity. But what movie would we love to have a subsequent show with it? You know, a movie that would have a show like a prequel show or like a show that would coincide with the movie to explore the world of the movie a bit more. I have one in mind. I would love to see a show um, exploring deeper into the world at the, like, around the same time that the movie A Quiet Place takes place. Mm. Like, around the world. I actually, I can't claim this was an original idea. I heard Roka saying something about it on something I was listening to today. I don't remember what it was. Oh, you it was um I think it was top 10. I think I was listening to an episode of top 10. Um but he said something yeah. about, you know, they could show like it didn't just happen in the United States. Right. It happened it, and not just to that family. So they could show all over the world and I think that, that could be very interesting. Yeah, with the sequel coming out that could be pretty cool to you know expand with the tv series a horror series in a way yeah i can see that you, Eric, do you have one off the top of your head because i'm still trying to think <laughs> <laughs> me too the only one i could really come up with was alita battle angel because i did not understand that well, movie well and i feel like i feel like that would really help just flesh out that world more and because the world it it's trying to set up is really interesting and really cool i just think it would give it more room to like play and more characters and all that stuff that's the only one i can really think of right now yeah i uh with the uh alita bell angel it is based upon a manga and i think there was a anime i think based upon that as well yeah so make that into um, the tv show (laughs) (laughs) so i can understand the movie (laughs) I mean, I, I mean that makes sense because uh, Robert Rodriguez directed it and he has his own television network with Al Ray Network, so he could actually adapt yes. that for his own TV channel. So there we go. <laughs> I, I'd that? actually like to see. I, I don't know. I'd like to see like uh, what happened to Django after Unchained, and like see a TV series of him doing bounty hunting shit, man, and just. I think that'd be pretty fucking sweet. And see, Ooh. a Western series would be interesting because there's not a lot of Western shows out there. Yeah. So I miss uh, I miss a good Western, dude. Yeah, and then with Django itself, because we mentioned previously that uh, uh, Django, the sequel, the comic sequel was Django and Zorro, and they're making a movie out of that, um, possibly. So, yeah, that's what got me thinking. I think I'd rather see a series. You yeah, could get more in depth and more into it, especially if you're going to have like a Zorro meets Django kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if you're actually that could work. Actually, you could like depending on how the movie plays out, 
or how the comic plays out is like depending on how they meet like you could establish the sequel just like boom they meet or you could have the prequel series where they you see Django after the movie and then yeah. leading up yeah. to the new movie maybe so uh, and then also actually if you're if you have Netflix uh, they just did a expanded edition of uh, the Hateful Eight, which is in a limited series format, where each episode was like a chunk of the movie expanded. It's like four one-hour-long episodes, I think. Yeah, it was. I was looking at that. Yeah, it seemed it's like a unedited cut, and it's broke down into like four episodes or something like that. Yeah, looks pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, with that, it could be interesting. God, there's so many gosh dang movies that you could do with this. I mean, like I said, Dune was like, is it, they're doing something great with that. I love the fact they're doing this. Um, dear God in heaven. You know, <laughs> since Men in Black is coming out this weekend, I would love to see a new Men in Black show where you, you can expand on the alien adventures, you know, getting all, seeing new aliens every week. They had a cartoon That's back in the idea. day, but but if you do like a live action Men in Black show, you know, as a spinoff, you know, I think that would have been better than the movie. Like you could have done like a spinoff men in black show and you have like each week would be an alien. They have to go after. And, you know, I, like I said, I know there was a cartoon back in the day. I used to love that shit. And now I would love to see they expand upon the world of men in black. Cause I love that franchise itself. Oh yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Actually speaking of Tarantino a while ago, uh, <laughs> Tarantino Star Trek is going to be rated R. Uh, no, duh. <laughs> I, I kind of figured it would be. I mean, you, you can't go wrong without a uh, Tarantino film and being rated R. Yeah, I didn't get as like up in arms about this, I think, as some people did, because as soon as I heard Tarantino, I figured rated R was a given. And I, I guess I'm not as... Uh, precious with star trek as some people are so i'm just like cool like give us something a little different but in that world and maybe it'll be good but i mean i'm sure trekkies are like losing their mind yeah i'm not the biggest uh star trek fan and so for me i'm just kind of like okay (laughs) all right yeah, I'm a huge Tarantino fan and uh, somewhat of a Star Trek fan, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just don't want Tarantino to direct it, which I don't think he is, but I don't want him to direct it really only because that would mean it's his 10th film and I don't want him to go out or supposedly go out on the Star Trek movie. I thought he was directing it. I thought he was directing it, but he's not considering it his 10th film because it's not his original content. Oh shit, that might be it. And if that's if that's the case, then I'm going to throw down the bullshit card on that and be like, "Dude, you're totally fucking punking out on what you said." For real, man. That's a, that's stupid as shit if that's for real. I love Tarantino's work, but man, that's dumb. Anyway, but I'm looking forward to the movie, yes. And you yeah. can't tell me that dude, Star Trek has war. And you can't tell me in a time of war, no matter how advanced or and peaceful and inclusive the civilization is, you can't tell me that that they don't drop an an S bomb or or damn it or, or or fuck or 
you know, something like that. You mean to tell me that that Captain Kirk never got drunk with bones and saw a hot alien chick and was like, man, I'd like to bleep that. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah, it, no, I never in Star Trek. Well, not, in, I mean, obviously not in the show, but I mean, we're talking off camera. Like, they're tying one off. Right, right. It, it just... In, in like in like I said in times of war, you're not gonna like shit, you know. I mean, dude, come on. So I'm my point with that is it's a weak excuse if that's gonna be your excuse to get mad about. Uh, it's just, dude. There's far more important shit to get upset about. Exactly. And as a, a Tarantino fan and a Star Trek fan, yeah, I wouldn't mind that altogether. I actually am quite excited for that and. There's actually a Twitter account called Swear Trek where they actually make yeah. gifs where it's just swearing with the characters. It's a really good Twitter account. <laughs> you should follow it because the gifs are so good. And you see the characters like swearing. It's so good. So I'm kind of excited for the movie. And oh, yeah, it makes sense actually. If it's not his original story, it's not his 10th film. But if you're it's, looking I back, still think it's a cop out. If you're looking back, on it, Jackie Brown is not his original work. It's actually based upon a book. Mm. So I don't know how they count that as an original film by Tarantino. So I don't know. I just heard someone say something like that. I think it was on live, or it was either on live or it was on Movie Talk. Someone said that he's <laughs> he's not counting it as his tenth film or something like that. Mm. I'm like, well, it's a movie, so that yeah. would be the 10th movie but okay it's, it's your work but okay so the next thing we'll go into uh i want you guys to talk about this because i'm going to do something really quick it'll be right back so uh just talk about this as i'm go gone but here it goes uh so the doctor sleep teaser came out and uh the question is will people know doctor sleep is a sequel to the shining is it a sequel to the book or the movie Mm. No. Now that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, who said no? Uh, Sarah, me. Sarah, you got that spot on, for real. I mean, I I've seen the movie The Shining, and I watched the trailer, and I'm still kind of like, if you if you take it by that, and you have seen The Shining, then you're left to no other con conclusion. Excuse me, then it is a direct sequel. But if you've not seen The Shining, you don't really know what those clips are in the first place, so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Hmm. But then you've got people like me who don't read books. Uh, <laughs> so I've never read the book, so I wouldn't know anyway. Um. So, Sarah, have you read the book? No, I've never seen the movie either. I'm a scaredy cat. I don't do horror, oh. so... <laughs> so I definitely think with the name you have an issue. Um yep. I think that yes. in the marketing campaign you need to say like the follow up to the classic The Shining yeah. or something like that or people are not going to know. Um so last year I actually read the book and watched the movie for the first time. Hmm. And um so I read the book myself. Obviously you read that's sort of a solo project. 
And then I watched the movie with my husband the whole time I'm going, that didn't happen like that in the book. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Oh, that person didn't die. Like, you know, like very, not just nuanced things, very, very big plot points. Mm. One in particular um, were changed. And the entire character of uh, Jack Torrance, the uh, Jack Nicholson's character, is he's a different human being in the book than he is in the movie. Um, the wife is a different human. Like, it's just, it's so different that this movie has got to either be a sequel to the movie or the book. It cannot be a sequel to both. There's no way to marry those two things 100%. So I don't know what they're going to do. I have the book, Dr. Sleep, but I haven't read it yet. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. I I liked the choices made in the book more than I like the choices made in the movie and I know a lot of everybody kind of has their opinion about that but so I'd rather it follow the book but I don't know how you do that without confusing people hmm. did you both happen to see the trailer for it no I actually no. haven't watched the trailer <laughs> All right, because, yeah, <laughs> well, if you watch the trailer, it, yeah, it, it shows clips from The Shining while he is explaining, like, a little bit of his background, like, I've seen things, and then it shows a clip, of, a quick clip of the little girls standing at the end of the hallway, and he's like, you know, I've experienced things, and it shows a, a quick flash of the flood, the the blood coming out of the elevator, and mm. and and that's why, if you go just based on that, then it, it it completely comes off as if it's a direct sequel. So, yeah, if it's not a direct sequel to the movie, or the movie doesn't have anything to do with it then that was a huge mistake putting those clips in there. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's all really confusing. And I had never, I didn't, I watched the trailer before they talked about it. Then they talked about it. And I didn't realize that Dr. Sleep was already a novel. I just kind of thought it was something new that Stephen King had written recently to, to follow up um the Shining, you know what I mean? It, it is a fairly recent book, but it was definitely made, like, before the movie. Like, I, I can't remember what year it was made in. I'd have to go find it. Oh, um, I actually have it right here. Hang on. And the publication date is 2013. Mm. So oh, it's, it's wow. fairly new. Like, he didn't write it immediately after he wrote The Shining. Um, but you know, they are, they're adapting it from the book, but I don't know if they're adapting it from the book and making the changes to go along with the movie or just truly adapting it from the book. And that's going to be interesting and divisive either way. Did you see the trailer, Mike? I've seen clips of it. I haven't seen the full trailer. I've seen like, I, like I'll scroll through social media, it'll pop up, but I understand that. There are scenes that are recreated from Kubrick's Shining, so... It so they were recreated? They weren't act the actual clips from the movie? No, 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 no. no. Recreated. 
they were recreated. I think. Oh. Yeah, they they mentioned this on the Friday show. I believe they. Yeah. Did talk about I missed Friday. that, dude. That changes everything I said then. Yeah. Because I mean, because they could obviously it's in the same setting. It's in that hotel. So if they right. recreated the scenes, then it's not at all the original from the original movie. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that idea a lot. Actually, then I really like that idea. And, but you mentioned the little girls that they showed the little girls. Yeah. I, a very quick flash. I think they were a creation for the movie. If I'm really? not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think they were in the book unless I'm mistaken. Now, I know who they I think they were supposed to be the daughters of the previous caretaker um, who they said went mad and killed his family and killed himself. But obviously that's that was probably the hotel doing that to him. But um, they never I don't think Danny ever came in contact with them in the book. So that's um, that's a, a different, you know, that's something from the movie that wasn't in the book. So it's got me a bit confused, but I am intrigued by it. I'm just super confused. Yeah, I've yeah. got the trailer up now. It shows him on the little bicycle, room 237. Ooh. The old woman moved the shower curtain. Mm-hmm. Um, blood. Um, I, think, I think the mm. only thing that they took from the film was the blood in the elevator. That's a scene that's from the movie, not recreated. They couldn't recreate the blood, mm. but otherwise everything else is recreated. Yeah, they did a very quick flash of the two twin girls standing out at the end of the hallway. It is in the trailer. Yep. So, so. I think this film's going to be interesting because I know the director is going to try to tie it to Kubrick's The Shining and then trying to get uh, Stephen King's approval on that. But if you've seen his tweet, he's just like so excited for the film anyway. So I think yeah. it's going to be a tie between the book and the as a sequel to the film in a way. So mm. I'm really curious how it's going to go. I mean it's a fine line between because the book and the movie is completely different when it comes to the ending. So I really want to see what they're going to do with that film for sure. Uh, but speaking of, speaking of Stephen King, cause they talked about a lot of Stephen King stuff on the Friday show. Uh, what are our favorite Stephen King properties, whether it's novels, films, or even shows based upon Stephen King stories? Well, books is easy. I've read exactly one book, which was The Shining. <laughs> so by default, it's my favorite. But I actually really did like it. Um, my favorite movie of his is actually The Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Which yeah, is right. not a typical Stephen King right. property yeah. at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also... Um, was obsessed when I was younger with the, I guess you'd consider it like a mini series. It was a three part mini series on TV called Rose red. Oh yeah. Yeah. I bought dominoes and started setting them up and knocking them down and stuff. Cause I'm like, that looks so cool. I got very, and I was a scared child. So I don't know why I was obsessed with this mini series. My parents taped it 
like on VHS tapes off of the TV <laughs> until it eventually came out on DVD and I bought it. And I loved that thing. Um, and it's it's not great quality. You know, it was made for TV and whatever, but it was just such a fascinating story to me. So those are my favorites. I also really love The Green Mile, but I don't love it as much as Shawshank. Um, like I just said, I'm a scaredy cat. So oh. <laughs> I know, well, I know all his, all of his things aren't like scary, like Shawshank Redemption, you just said, and the Green Mile is more creepy, eer- eeriness yeah. than anything. But, um, haven't read any of his books because I feel like they're all terrifying. And really the only Stephen King movie I guess I saw was the recent it movie because I was dragged to that movie and um, I won't even watch the trailer for it chapter two because I'm terrified of that <laughs> that movie, but I will go see it. So I guess by default as well, it is my favorite Stephen King movie. So, um, so would you, would you say that you relate most to Makuga when it comes to this? Oh, very much. <laughs> my, Yes, yes. I I totally understand Makugo when he's screaming in the movie theaters. I'm the same way. I'm hanging on to my friend. I was literally like, I asked my friend before we saw it, like, when's all the scariest parts? I had to look it up because I, I cannot handle it. And there were things I didn't know that I definitely got scared by. But um, yeah, I'm definitely the Makuga of the group. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just actually was uh, revisiting the movie Silver Bullet uh, last week. I love that movie growing up as a kid. I love that movie now, and I want them to remake that so bad. Um, but when I was lo- I was doing a little bit of research on some Stephen King stories, and I didn't realize that he wrote Secret Window uh, that they did with Johnny Depp. Because I really like that movie a lot, and it's been shit on so much. I don't understand why, but I didn't realize that was a Stephen King story. But uh, Silver Bullet is my jam. I absolutely just love that movie. I didn't know Secret Window was a Stephen King property either. And I went to see that with a couple people, and I left it going, whoa, I totally didn't know that that was coming you know, yeah. the big twist, and they were like, "Oh, I saw it coming, like a mile away." So, yeah, it was uh, like, "Screw I'm like, them!" They did not. And I was, <laughs> and so I was like fascinated because you know this big twist happened, and I didn't see it coming. So I was so excited, and they're just like, "Yeah, it happened." I'm like, "Oh," so that kind of bummed me out, but. Yeah, I feel ya. It's it doesn't get as much love as it should. It's not a bad movie at all. The two that I would like to say, Cujo. Never seen it. Oh, that lovable pooch! That lovable pooch that Saint Bernard gets bitten by a bat and comes rabid and starts attacking. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it will make you be afraid to hide in your car from a dog. Like, that may seem like a really great idea. Like, dude, there's this crazy dog after me. Oh, there's my car. And you get in your car, and then you realize you don't have your keys or whatever. It won't start, whatever. And at first, you're like, yeah, dude, this is totally cool, man. I, I, you know, I'm in my car. I'm safe. Holy fucking shit. An hour and a half later, later, you're just begging to fucking die, dude. 
Yeah, it's. I know they're making a new one eventually here. I think <laughs> I've heard, so I'm kind of excited to see where they go with that. But another one that Stephen King actually directed was Maximum Overdrive. He directed that. Yes. I did yes. not know that, man. Yes. It's wow. Film, it's the only film he ever directed, and you see like trailers for it. He actually like talks about him promoting his film. It is so good. It's like the vehicles come to life somehow, and there's car. There's like appliances that come to life. It's like, oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's cool as hell. I'm gonna have to rewatch that, man. Hell yeah. Oh man, the soundtrack is great because it has ACDC in it. Oh, so good. I love it. So I'm, I mean, I'm trying to watch more Stephen King stuff and trying to, like, I, I, I think they did talk about like other properties. I think they've mentioned about uh, what was it. It was 11 63 I, I saw that yeah, series on Hulu. That. That's, yeah. I like that show. I see James Franco does a good job in that miniseries. I mean, I liked I it too. Book. I wish, so. I still wish they'd do another season of that. They completely left it open ended. Yeah, I noticed that. And I think they should like open that up somehow because I would love to see how that would go further. Have you read any of his books? I have, oh God, I remember in high school, I probably read like a few of them, but it's been like 10 years since I've read a novel. So I need to, I, I do have, I do have Mr. Mercedes uh, as a book on my shelf. So I need to pick up and read that. Cause I know that's been picked up as a show. It's on its third season already, I think. So it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> so many properties. I can't keep up with that. Oh, God, no. There's no keeping up anymore. Stephen King's like the most, like the second most popular author to be adapted as all his work. I'll set it with William Shakespeare. Oh. Um, yeah, that, uh, I, I can't, I love when they talk horror stuff uh, on the show. So I love when Dorina does it. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, back in the Thursday show, two more things happened. Uh, Toy Story 4 uh, is coming out, and they, uh, some people have seen it, and uh, the reviews are coming in. 100% fresh. What do we feel about the Toy Story 4? Wait, do you want to go first? Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> I was going to go ahead and jump in first, because I've, uh, I've got absolutely jack shit to say about this, because my, my actual answer to my thoughts on this is that I don't care. You may continue. Wow, that just offended me. I've not seen the first three, so I really don't care about this one. Uh, if you want Disney That's your next bet. properties that are not going to make you cry... I mean, well, they it's might. It's not so they, much nowadays. It's just I don't. I don't like the singing. I can't stand all the fucking songs. They don't sing. They don't well, sing. I know. I mean, as far as the animated shit, and then that, but you, they don't sing at all. Uh, I I know. I keep I telling know. myself to watch it anyway. Go on, go on. It's just Toy Story <laughs> Four. It's not just <laughs> just Toy Story. I. So I actually revisited the first Toy Story not too long ago. It's not one I go back to very often. And but it was so enjoyable mm. watching it again. And they're short. 
Well, I don't know about the other ones, but the first one was like under 90 minutes. So yeah, that one's pretty short. Yeah, it's a very compact movie. It's very cute. Um it it kind of reinforces that idea that like there really are no bad guys. Yeah, well, there there's the little crazy kid. He's a bad guy. But <laughs> within the toy universe, you know, there's no like bad guy. It's just to, you know, make they're just making kind of human decisions and some of those decisions are not great and mm. you know they have to fix it and everything and i think that's a good message for kids i haven't seen the second one since i was a little kid and the second one. <laughs> and the third one i saw in theaters and i haven't watched it since then but i remember liking it so i mean i i'm excited to see toy story 4 and i'm glad that it has good reviews because i would have been very upset if they had mm you know shit the bed with this one and because then it's like why'd you make it um so but i don't know that i'll see it in theaters like it feels like something i'll eventually watch at home um and i don't know i don't hear anybody talking about it though like just locally that's the thing if when when they talk about movies in clutter live they're seeing it ahead of time so right. it has it has not hit theaters yet for everywhere else right so w- once it hits theaters like this weekend or something or depending on i think it comes or is it no i think it's it comes out weekend. next weekend so next yeah. weekend it comes out so then you'll hear everything about toy story 4 by next weekend or so so maybe it, it maybe depending on if it'd be another rock man situation <laughs> <laughs> where nobody talks about it whatsoever. <laughs> no, uh, yet Toy Story 4, Keanu Reeves plays a character named Duke Kaboom, so that'd be a selling point. <laughs> My God, he's in everything. Yeah, I know, <laughs> said, this is He's year. having a great year. <laughs> he's having a great fucking year. So, oh. so yeah. Um, I love okay. Toy Story. I love... All that's probably my favorite Pixar uh movies is the Toy Story movies, that franchise. And I was not looking forward to this fourth one because I thought the third one was perfect. Like they they had the director and the producers in one of those days this week. And they also all said, like, we thought the third one was the last one. We didn't think that they were gonna make a fourth one. But I am pretty reassured to hear that it's great people are loving it that have got to seen it and that it doesn't really i i don't know i was really worried that it was gonna suck and i felt the same way like i didn't want to go out on a shit show like i wanted this franchise (laughs) to go out great because the i love the other three movies and i'd be so sad i feel like my childhood would be over if this one like sucked <laughs> like i'd feel so sad but that, that's how i felt when i saw um the lion king 2 uh, i just i was so, so let down that that it sucked and in the in that it did not live up to the first one because the first one is just so amazing and 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 i mean it, circle of life Pixar or Disney movies, like you don't see any of them. No, uh, I I couldn't care less about that shit to be honest. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, some of it could be really cool. Oh, I, I mean, okay, I was, I love the minions, dude. Those little fuckers crack me up. Okay, I love the yeah, minions. Um, Disney. Well, I'm, but to me, it's That's all, to me, it's all animation. No matter who does it, it's all animation. It's all under that umbrella. Yeah, but. But I just like that. Like they're funny, you know. Um, I like the movie Bolt. I mean, it was an it was a little dog that was cool. Uh, that one makes me cry uncontrollably because it's a dog. <laughs> so, uh, yep. It's very sad. <laughs> uh, the final thing in Thursday's show was the Ralph Macchio interview, which was pre-taped on Monday of this week. So, uh, it was a great interview. He was very. He's such a humble person. He's a very humble yeah. actor. Ah. Uh, very good. Um, so there was a story about, towards the end of it, it was about Elizabeth Shue. And the last time he talked to her was in 86. And she was mentioning about why would they written off her character like that. And he didn't actually, don't remember what he said to her, but it was like understandable with the sequel and all that stuff. So uh, for those of you who have not seen the movies and are kind of curious about what he meant by that. I know one of us in the group here was curious. I looked it up and I'll give you the direct answer. I'll try to keep it short as possible for this. Basically in the sequel, uh, it takes place six months after the original Karate Kid. And there's a scene where uh, Daniel LaRusso, almost forgot the character's name. He comes back from senior prom. He's in his, in his tuxedo, and the car that he is given from the first film is wrecked. And he complains about how uh, Allie, the character's name in the movie, she completely ruined the car, and she was flirting with a guy from UCLA. And they, they don't mention her ever since that point in the movie. So she was kind of disappointed that they wrote her into this corner where... She didn't really care about Daniel LaRusso after the senior prom and all that stuff. And I'm just, if they bring her back for season three of Cobra Kai, I kind of want to see what happened, you know, whether it's a cameo, a full story arc or whatever. So, um, but besides that, the Ralph Macchio interview was great. I loved it. Yeah. And Sarah, you just listen, right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I knew that I was just poking fun at you because you missed out. Dude, Ralph Macchio, 57 years old. He looks amazing, dude. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, <laughs> shit. I get, it's another Uncle Jesse situation. Oh, I know who you mean. He's hot. What's what's Uncle Jesse's name again? I can't remember. John Stamos. John Stamos. See, they both. Like, <laughs> they both. <laughs> he was on the, the Greek yogurt commercials for a while. Yeah, he was. Scream Queens. <laughs> Yes, Green Queen. Grandfathered, I think that TV show was. He yep. did great work. <laughs> yep. But anyway, it it was a good, it was a really good interview, especially for, uh, I would imagine, especially for Mike and I, who watched that movie as kids, man, all the mm-hmm. karate kids, and just, I mean, shit, dude, if, if, if you didn't do um, crane kicks in your backyard after watching that movie you uh you were not a true american young man so the first karate kid movie i ever saw was the one with hillary swank 
Oh, the next karate kid. Oh, yes. No. Oh. So that was the version that oh. I knew from a. I mean, I wasn't little. I don't know how old I was. And I just like, oh, God, earlier this year or last year, watched the original The Karate Kid. And it was fine. But I don't have any nostalgic ties to right. this movie or these people. My husband right. well, and I, yeah. You're the perfect one to ask this question then. Um, who do you see as the, uh, as the, the aggressor in Karate Kid? Daniel or uh, fuck, his name just slipped my mind. Um, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. Um, I I don't remember. Um, right on. That's cool. I I assume you're meant to see uh Johnny as the bad guy. Uh, but. Wasn't There's, he sort of like forced into it by his coach? Like, wasn't his coach an asshole? Well, was that like, was that was after they had the the beach fight and all that shit, and um, it started before the coach got involved. The coach didn't get involved, or the sensei didn't get involved until uh, Larusa went in there to take karate lessons and realized that that was that Johnny and his buddies were in there. That's oh. when the that's when Sensei Kreese became aware of what was going on. Yeah. But uh, there's a very compelling video that they brought up. Actually, they didn't bring it up. Machio brought it up, which is cool that he really that he's aware of all of these videos and these fan mm -hmm. theories and shit. But yep. there's a really compelling video on YouTube that points out and explains how and why Daniel was the true aggressor and the true bully. And it's really fucking interesting, and I honestly don't know anymore after watching that. I I tend to like stories where there really is no bad guy. Um, <laughs> or, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, so, it, it's so easy, especially, like, for kids, you know? These people are pure good, and these people are pure evil, and the pure good has to um, defeat the pure evil, you know? But that's just not how real life is, so... I mean, everybody is human and flawed, and you make mistakes. And I, there are people who are more intrinsically good and more intrinsically bad, but no one's pure either one. So yeah. um, I don't know that in the 80s they were really getting that deep, though. Um, but as much. But uh, I don't remember. So I don't, I assume. That I did. I don't remember thinking, man, Danny's an uh, or Daniel is, you know, a jerk at the end of it. So, run right on. Okay. I don't remember thinking much at the end of it, actually. Touche. I, okay. I think he had to grow up with it. Get him a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> and let's end it off with the Friday show. Uh, we're it's Friday, Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. It is Friday after all. Um, uh, so there's, uh, it was, of course, Friday's the short show. So a lot was discussed. A lot of things were tossed around. Um, they had Nathan Hamill on the show throughout the yeah. whole show, which is Luke's, 
I said Luke Skywalker's son. I totally forgot his name. Camel. I wrote down. I wrote down Luke, and I was supposed to say Mark. Mark Hamill's just a character that Luke plays. But I have a serious question, though. Do you think Nathan Hamill and the other Hamill children call James Earl Jones Grandpa? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, that's a good question. Caitlin, do you mind if I tweet that out to them? Sure. All right, I'm going to do that when we're done recording. Yeah, you make sure you tag uh, Nathan Hamill in that, too. I'll I'll tag Nathan and Mark both. And I particularly enjoyed when they played the, the Friday song, and they said, what do you think of that? And he goes, it's a song. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, it was. no, no commitment in any direction there. <laughs> no chance of oh, yeah. insulting a, uh, an artist. Yeah, he he was actually pretty cool. I uh, super chill. He's, he's got a lot going on right now. He's actually turning forty. He's forty years old. Actually, the same same wow. age as I Wade. Yeah, and he looks a lot younger than me too. But yeah, he was in the Star Wars films. That was pretty cool. A couple of them. That's awesome. Least. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I like the. I like to see him more. Show and you know, yeah, his his merch, his uh, clothing line, and his toys. It sounds really cool. Yep, I agree, man. Really down to uh, down to earth kind of guy. He really was, like mm-hmm. you know. Like Darina was saying, she expected, like, oh, a celebrity's kid. Uh, but then he turned out to be just really cool and normal and kind of nerdy and into the same stuff as her. And so I think that's really cool because, I mean, it's probably so easy to spoil your children and give them an unrealistic view of the world when you're someone like Luke Skywalker. But... <laughs> You know, they obviously did something right with their children. Mm-hmm. I think the only interaction I've seen with Nathan was on Twitter. And I remember Mark Hamill was tweeting, retweeting his tweet. And it was a point where Nathan tweeted about like some, like a Star Wars celebration or something. But he actually was talking about Star Trek. Oh. And, uh, and then Mark Hamill retweeted it with a comment saying, "Son, we have to talk." And then <laughs> William Shatner, then William Shatner replied to the tweet saying, "Hello, Nathan. Welcome to the Federation or something." <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. It, it was a good tweet. Oh man, that was one of my favorites. So I was like, "Yeah, Nathan's a, a cool geek. You know, he's just one of us." The main topic that was in the title of the Friday show was referring to Paul Rudd in Ant-Man 3, and he wasn't sure about it. But the question upon us for this one to us to consider forward in the MCU is what do we want to see next in the MCU? I don't know. I don't really... I don't know where this will go, so I'm just... Like, any, they give like me. any any heroes you want to see on the screen that has not been adapted in the screen yet, there any sequels? Any? Give me Daredevil you know. on the big screen. <laughs> Give me Jessica Jones. <laughs> ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, huh? Oh. Yeah. Give me Jennifer. <laughs> oh, oh. Please never again. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I'm. I'm interested in. I guess Black Panther too. Mm-hmm. 
Doctor Strange. I just don't know where they're gonna take this next phase to to really get excited about anything. Like I'm not. Well, we'll see what the Spider-Man Homecoming does first, and then we'll see where it goes after yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, no, but I want to see them. Like I know, I think, uh, what was it? A, a previous Thursday or? No, it wasn't Thursday. It was like Tuesday show. They were talking about how. X-Men was not going to be in the MCU for a long time. So yeah, I would love to see him do an X-Men movie in the future in the MCU, you know, and even a Fantastic Four movie, you know, or a crossover between there was, a, there was supposed to be a, a, a X-Men and a Fantastic Four crossover film at one point that didn't get made. And I was like, what? That would have been amazing! <laughs> yeah, that could have been very interesting. It was like it was the two groups together. Ugh. Do you think Disney is going to be a little gun-shy about trying to adapt the Fantastic Four, given how, you know, poorly it's been done in the past? Oh, no, no. I, I would imagine they are, they are chomping at the bit to get a hold of that and do it justice. I, I would think they are so fucking excited they don't want to wait very long to do it. Mm. But they probably know that they should. You know, wait a little bit, but no, I think they're totally excited for it. Oh yeah, I mean, I want to see them do that. But the, the, there's a couple of heroes I want to see. Not a couple. I think there's only like one or two heroes I want to see be adapted on the screen. There's a character named Moon Knight, which I love to see adapted on the big screen. He's like a, he's got like a split personality kind of superhero where he, he's like Black Panther in a way. He's got powers from Africa, and he's dresses up in like a white hood and he's like avenging at the night. And he's like, he's a cool character and I want to see him adapted on the big screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't have any that I would, <laughs> I don't have any at all, but mm-hmm. I have enjoyed the MCU so much up to this point. I don't care what it is. I'm just mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing it. It just, they have blown me away w- with what they've done so far. I love it. Agree. Uh, this is the point of the podcast where we uh, give our final thoughts. And I want to add something in here. What is our favorite show of the week? Uh, I liked it all uh, as far as, I don't know. It was a really cool week for me listening to it. I don't know if it was my mood or the way the week flowed on, on Collider Live, but really smooth, really easy to listen to, mm-hmm. and really enjoyable. I particularly like Monday. I remember the most from Monday. Um, that interview with Seth Green and Brecken Meyer was just really outstanding. So that sticks out to me. Um, I really liked today's show. I really liked Nathan and Darina's like interactions and chemistry. And I feel like he fit in really well. And it was really fun to listen to. It was weird yeah. having Christian sitting in the wrong chair, though. No, that was odd. <laughs> really? That I don't bothered know. you? I mean, not uh, greatly, but at first I'm like, huh, this is different. He just, he just yeah. walks in and he's like, I'm sitting next to you. All right. Shakes his hand. Welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and then like Mark even said, like, you want to switch? And then like Nathan stands up and like, I'm going to switch. Oh, I'll switch. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. But yeah, uh, God, it's such show for the week. Thursday show for me maybe was the one that stood out me because Ralph Macchio at the end was yeah. really decent for an hour or so. Um, 
yeah, this is this is actually a really decent week of Collider Live, and uh, we will cover it next week once again and see what happens. Uh, this has been After Live, the unofficial Collider Live after show. Let me remind you of a couple of things here. This podcast is produced by our producer, Josh. Uh, he actually told me he did not like the nickname JR, so we're not saying that anymore. <laughs> um, he, this podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course SoundCloud if you want to check us out. Uh, Josh also does a Talking Schmodown podcast, which oddly enough, this week they have not talked about Schmodown. They talked about the rankings at one point, but that's it. Mm. Yeah, this is very, like, quiet. They usually talk about Schmodown, like, every week, but this time it wasn't. Anyways, besides the point, talk Schmodown. Josh does a great podcast with that if you were a big Schmodown fan. Um, you can follow his work, uh, his work, our work, himself, at Facebook and YouTube at Merc with the Movie Blog, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc, and, of course, his website, which I don't know if he's updating or not, but I... I still I'll plug it for him. It's www.merkwithmovieblog.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Mike Mixtape. Where can people follow you, Jay Wade? Uh, you can follow me on uh, the Twitter at Jay Wade1134. That's the letter J, uh, W A D E 1134. And I just want to say this real quick when you're on the Twitter, go ahead and tweet at Bob Finstock. <laughs> Hashtag J Wade for Lil Bobby and the Juice. Uh, I'm I'm wanting to get a campaign. I want to do a voice on there. Uh, I can rock that shit, Finstock. You know I can, baby. Let's do this shit. Do that, people. Please do that. Uh, where can people find you, Kaylin? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kaylin Rose seven one five. That's K A L Y N R O S E seven one five. And Sarah, where can people find you? You can find me at Twitter at SCBOCK, which is S-S-E-A-B-O-C-K. All right. Follow us, and we'll see you guys on the next episode next week. Thanks for listening.